Welcome to Snowcast. This, for those of you who haven't been following along, is the new podcast series by Snow Sites. I'm your host, Alex McNamee. We've got another good episode for you today coming up, but last week, just to remind you, we spoke to Allison Graves of MediaWise. We had a great discussion. We talked for about 35 minutes about media literacy and the mission that's set up by MediaWise to teach teens to be better kind of self-fact-checkers and spot fake news and misinformation that's out there all over the web. If you missed that one, go back and listen to it. Allison was a fantastic guest, but more importantly, there's legitimate opportunities for students in journalism, for high schoolers to be a part of the MediaWise mission. MediaWise is a a part of Pointer, supported by them, supported by several um, other organizations as well. So there's a lot of opportunity for students to get involved and to help MediaWise as fact checkers. There's also opportunity for teachers to get their hands on uh, what seems like some forthcoming curriculum uh, that will be developed as a part of this project. So go back and take a listen to that great information there. You guys need to know what MediaWise is. So coming up, we'll be talking to the design team of the New York Times about their newly remodeled homepage uh, launched in late August. Stick around for that. get right into it. Uh, it's pretty cool to welcome to the show on the phone uh, the New York Times design team of uh, directors Kristen Dudish, uh, Elena Gianni, and senior designer Taya Lawrenson. Uh, thank you all for being here. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. So uh, the New York Times switched over uh, to the new desktop homepage on August 22nd, uh, which is a big deal. Uh, and it just so happened to occur on the same day uh, as the Michael Cohen and Paul Manafort news hit. Uh, could it have been a more chaotic day to try to launch a, a new look to the website? Yeah, it was It was definitely a chaotic day. Um, we have special templates for breaking news, and they're ones that don't always come out as often. So it was a big day to burst out with everything being new. Yeah. You, uh, you, leading up to the real launch, you, you obviously rigorously tested the site for that specific kind of thing. Uh, di- did those experiences or did the live experience on August 22nd reveal anything about um, the ease of use of the new layout for the editors or how your um, readers worked their way through the page that you kind of took from that day and learned from? I would say there wasn't anything surprising to us on actual launch day on the 22nd. Um, We had been testing the page with readers for um, some time prior to that, a certain subset of readers, and, you know, had worked through a lot of the um, feedback and and, um, issues that we had come across during that time. So we felt pretty confident and at actual launch day that what we had what we were putting out to all of our readers was um the best thing that it could be sure now let's 
talk about everything leading up to now. First of all, to just kind of get a scope of what this this project, how long it takes, how long essentially from, from start to finish was this uh, a process uh, in the making? How long have you been working on it? Well, it took a while. It was um, an iterative process. So um, um, let's say we had an initial research in which we talked with a lot of readers and a few prototyping rounds. Um, you know, it was an iterative process, so it, it, there was not really a definite start and end for the whole thing. I would say that the initial research and design exploration and prototyping took maybe six months, and then we started launching different live tests on the site after that. I've uh, I've read up on this this uh, article from the Times Open Team blog, and I'll be kind of referencing a lot of my questions from that. But, you know, it sounds like a, a big goal or a big part of the project, especially as far as the desktop site goes, was to bring it up to the um, level and the enhancements of the mobile site. Uh, but the desktop site has obviously not undergone a significant uh, design update in a while. Did you guys have uh, your own ideas going into this about what you wanted to see from the desktop site, or uh, did you kind of take a clear-minded approach to listen to the readers surveyed and, and um, mimic the, the mobile experience a little bit as well? Um, I would say that it, we intentionally started extremely broadly. It was our chance to explore a lot of different ideas of what um, page could be. And when the project started, we had license to explore new experiences across both mobile and desktop. So that's what really how what we did at the time. So um, to give you an example, like when when we were initially doing the initial research, we would maybe um, quickly sketch 10 to 15 completely different ideas, right, just on paper and show them to readers, and then after each interview or after uh, a few of the interviews, we would go back and reevaluate our sketches and then come up with something new based on what readers were telling us or tweak some of the ideas. It was really fun. We had really the chance to explore a lot of different experiences at, at first. What, what were some of the things from the reader surveys and speaking to them that uh, – you guys tested out, or what were some of the the uh, ideas and the needs of those readers? So um, there were a lot of different directions um, in a few different. Let me let me think about it. So one one idea that came from mobile was to um, be able to. Um, customize your your mobile home screen a lot. You know, mobile often we think about how can we optimize the experience for such a small screen where we can't really present a lot of different stories at the same time and we really have to be mindful about what to show to who. Um, so some of those initial provocations, we call them, were around the idea of like being able to customize a lot of the content depending on your preferences. Um, that was one direction. One of my favorite ones that actually got, um, was not very popular at all with readers, was about the idea of helping people to learn more about certain topics. 
So we had one of these initial provocations was like, okay, what if you were, you know, um, someone that is not very familiar with the, the inner working of inner workings of the White House or um, with DACA, could we help you evolve more as a reader or like learn more about that topic over time? So those are maybe mm -hmm. two examples. Mm -hmm. And both of those examples are actually things that we didn't end up focusing a lot of energy on because it turned out they were not great ideas in the first place. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can you point to any examples on the homepage that did end up catering to the, the interests or, or what you heard back from those readers? Sure. So um, we had a few initial sketches that were really showcasing the variety of the New York Times sections. So um, if you go to the homepage today, you will notice we have um, a very uh, extensive coverage. Like we have a lot of different sections with a lot of different coverage. And we know that a lot of our readers are fan or specific part of the paper. So, you know, um, or know specific authors very, very well. So some of the initial provocations were about showcasing all those different parts of the paper. And those were always very, very effective. Um, the problem there was the fact that we have so many different sections that w it was really hard to fit all of those mm -hmm. in the page in, a, you know, in an easy-to-browse manner, especially for mobile. So what we ended up doing is kind of condensing all those different sections in four areas that you can see today on the home screen. So in a way, you still have the experience of going through different parts of the of the of our coverage, but in a almost in a condensed way. So if you go on desktop, you see now we have um, in other news, um, smarter living features and discoveries as those four main areas, and then after that you get all the different sections, but only on desktop where we have the space for it. So you you know you bring up like the in other news and and discovery and um, smarter living those kind of sections. Um, Whereas, you know, in, in the past homepage, maybe video had a much larger um, element uh, to it. Those are all just kind of decisions you made in the process. And, and did that, was that from, from readers' experiences or, or where did all that come from? Especially like, you know, video and, and changing that or, or um, you know, putting more opinions where you did, that kind of thing. I think a lot of those, we we base a lot of our initial assumptions off of um, reader uh, feedback, obviously, but some of those were also business decisions at the time as well. And we know that the page is going to continuously evolve, and uh -huh. we'll see where it goes. We may, you know, over time introduce video more prominently again on the page, but we don't know that right now. It's, it's something that we may experiment with. Um, so what we have right now is what we felt like was a, a great baseline for, for a place to start. And um, we're hoping to continue to experiment and, and try new new things and see how it benefits the readers. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. And for video specifically, we decided that it was better to take an approach in which video was actually integrated with the rest of the coverage. So uh, our video coverage is actually sprinkled throughout the page instead of being uh, siloed off a specific area. So that was kind of the business decision that we took. And we talk a lot about 
prototyping and, and testing those prototypes. Help us understand exactly what uh, that looks like. Are you literally sketching layouts? And then as a kind of a side, how did this so-called the P phone come to be <laughs> as a prototype? So um, in terms of prototyping, we try to, you know, do the quickest possible uh, mm -hmm. prototype for what we need to test right now. So the P phone was really just the simplest possible way to have a sense of what the mobile experience could feel like. It was very early. We didn't have enough time to build an actual interactive prototype. So we thought we could just experiment with that and also be able to print out a lot of different um, options very fast. And then being able to ex to feel them on the phone and interact with it a bit. Um, uh, prototyping, you know, compared to other products, our challenge is that for doing actual prototyping, we need an editorial team to back us up. Um, so the first more interactive prototype that we, we did was actually, uh, I think, five long, five days long um, live prototype. So we had a link that we could send to readers, and then we had an editorial team that was actually creating our prototype homepage and curating it live for 24 hours for those five days so that readers could have an actual experience of how the homepage would be. Does that make sense? So it can't really be static to be real. It needs to be curated, it needs to be updated, and it needs to go on for a period of time so that we readers can experience breaking news, they can, they can experience, you know, maybe a Sunday where we have longer reads and things like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what, you know, what was some of the helpful feedback that, not that you received from readers, but that you received from editorial in them actually using um, the tools and, and, and the layout that you uh, designed? Because that in itself is an interesting and smart test to have. Yeah, well, we had... Um to follow up on Elena's prototyping comment, you know, we did have a live prototype of several iterations of the site we have now up for a few months to a small percentage. So that gave us um, time to really work together closely with the editors and go through the workflow. And we met, you know, on a daily basis. In some cases, they were embedded with us. In some cases, we were embedded with the news desk. And um, there was ongoing conversation about everything from uh, character counts for headlines and summaries to bigger questions of how to curate the page. I think um, one piece of feedback that's both from them and readers that we're still working on is how to very clearly signal what the most important stories of the day are, at the same time provide relief for readers who might want to read something different. So that would be an example of something that we're still constantly working on. Since it's gone live, obviously people notice different things and it's kind of surprisingly a lot's been made about um, bylines or, or lacking bylines on the, the front of the homepage. They're, they're still on story pages. D does that kind of uh, post-launch feedback make its way to you guys? And was that something that was discussed and, and decided during your kind of pre-work uh, to launch the site? 
Yeah, of course, we we monitor the feedback very, very closely, and, you know, we are aware of um, the byline as well as a lot of other feedback that we are getting for read, from readers. Do you want, Kristen, do you want to talk more about the feedback that we're getting in general? So we, I mean, as you may have seen, we have a survey at the bottom of the page, and we're capturing... Um, Anyone who will give us their their time and, and feedback, um, we're capturing that, and the design team monitors that and reads it regularly. We have a, a researcher on, embedded on our team who kind of rounds up themes and communicates those back to the team pretty regularly. So we're very much aware of just the sense and how people are feeling about the page overall if they're willing to give us that feedback. Um, and when it comes to bylines, we've you know, there's been posts online from Dean um, about exactly kind of the direction and why we we went the way we did. And yeah, um, yeah. I think as a team, we, you know, feel that bylines are evolving um, everywhere across the site. And we're going to take this time to really consider how we want to handle them on the homepage. And I'm sure there'll be changes to come in the future as we, you know, kind of see how, what is needed from a reader standpoint. What is the most exciting thing as far as the homepage and the future goes for you guys? It sounded, you know, from the from the article I read, one of the exciting things is just the, the versatility and what you still may be able to um, change and improve over time with it. Yeah. For for me personally, it's very exciting. We have the, the the whole system was built to be extremely flexible, so we are able to um, spin up new new sections much faster, design custom layouts for the sections much much faster. So overall, we are kind of working together with the newsroom and uh, see what new editorial opportunities might come up that need special design for the home screen. So that's really exciting just to be able to respond to the news that way. You know, for example, right now we're working on what our midterm coverage is gonna look like and uh, this new system just allow us to iterate and just produce designs much faster than before. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you all again for joining me today. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's our show for the week. Thanks to the design team of the New York Times again for joining us. Uh, you guys can go read that article that we referenced titled A Faster and More Flexible Homepage that Delivers the News Readers Want on open.newyorktimes.com. That's the Times Open Team's blog. We'll be back next week with another episode.